I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Treehouse, episode 30, Wig Out, with Danny Baker and me, Louise Pepper. Here we go again, uh, experimental show two. No numbers on it, everybody, but I hope the last one was vaguely successful uh, at your end, anyway. Uh, <laughs> but uh, here we go again with another two hours of fun for old and young without the slightest hint of mania. Uh, and we made one huge blunder at the end of the last yes. one. Yeah, tell everyone what it was. We gave you topics before recording a show when we haven't received any of your mail. Let me clear that up, because you may think this is <laughs> going to be one of those gobbledygook podcasts that only you know, lightweights do. Uh, we're recording this one immediately after the last one, and yet at the end of the last one, we confidently said, we want your emails on, <laughs> thus giving you approximately 45 seconds to get them to us. Unheard. If we'd put them on Twitter, we might have got a few. <laughs> no, that's what no, we should have done. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's not going to happen. But here we go again, uh, because the uh, blood suckers at something else. Mm-hmm. Keeping us still lashed, lashed to the mizzenmast uh, throughout the current uh, crisis. But we are going to keep blinking out a message to you, yep. uh, like the Eddystone Lighthouse, by the way. Uh, what are we doing uh, today, Peps? If, uh, if we, oh, we can't be doing it. Can <laughs> I was going to no. say, what, what? I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, the time and jet lag is getting to us all. But welcome back, everybody. And uh, uh, Anything you've heard, because <laughs> you don't pay any attention heard. to what we say anyway. anyway. Well, uh, the last one ended with the greatest last words in, in, in history. <laughs> Which of course is Ibsen shouting it. On the contrary, uh, maybe it's worth going back and hearing it. It's a belter. But the one thing I didn't fit in on that one was it was Daniel Wildman, one of the greatest showmen oh. who has ever lived. Daniel Wildman. What is that? Who did they do it about Barnum? Yes, PG. He gets, he gets all the heat, Barnum. Mm-hmm. But the Daniel Wildmans of this world, everyone, uh, those they, 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 those are the big ones. Daniel Wildman. And I, through the show, or certainly over the upcoming quarantine weeks. I will bleed in some of the greatest turns there's ever been. Because what you got now? The Brits. Mm. The Oscars. you got your movies. Yeah. No, nothing. You can have 55 dancers doing that thing where they bring their fists up under their chin while <laughs> looking out, while looking like they're putting out a small fire. Uh, that, that, you can have that. But Daniel Wald, 19th century uh, uh, act on the, the boards. Daniel Wildman, equestrian beekeeper who rode around the circus ring on the back of a horse while swarms of bees surrounded his face and then moved to specific locations <gasps> at his command. <laughs> we do not know we are born. And that is by far... That's not the greatest act there ever was. I'll bring you to that, but how could you get that act together? 
You... How do you teach the bees? <laughs> well, very popular in the 1960s were beards of bees. Yes, uh, yes. Be- be- beards of bees, mm. which you don't see a lot anymore. Uh, and uh, a butter beard. You've ever seen a butter beard? No. Oh, it's a terrific act. Uh, you get a you fashion a beard out of butter, mm. and, and there you are. And, 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 you know, long before the O2 was full of, uh, I don't know, let's say the 1975, people would queue around the block to hear there was a new butter beard in town. And, and I've got to say, I, I mean... I, I've got questions. A butter beard? What? Uh, How is it a fix? It, uh, what, do you uh-huh. stay there until it melts? Aha, uh-huh. aha. Uh-huh. You see, there it is. Immediately you think, oh, that's easy. And then you think, how did they do it? <laughs> now, what I'm going to ask people to do in this era of make, do and mend is, if at all possible, if at all, if you've got the kids at home, yes. you've got the kids at home, photographs of butter beers. <laughs> what else are you going to do? You know, it, it, it's they don't pretty... have to be big, just a little goatee. Well, OK, but let's be ambitious on this and scale it down already. Anyone who can send a photograph... I don't want anyone panic by li- buying not, butter. You know, I'd love, uh, I know, but I don't think this is abuse. A, a baby with a butter beard. If that doesn't become a, a, a little Twitter logo, an actual baby in a with a butter beard. But then anyway, I, I just brought that in. I don't want to make it seem like it's fantasy. The fellow used to ride around the stage with bees all around him. Now, otherwise, um, I am the bite a bit. This is a Schadenfreude. Uh, for, oh, okay. Throughout my career, whenever there's been a slack moment, mm. maybe F and F between, uh, uh, I've always said it's Nick Lowe's birthday. Oh, okay. But if you march the twenty fourth, when this goes out, it is. Oh, okay. It really, finally, it is Houdini's fatty arbuckles <laughs> and Niccolo's birthday. So there's That's that. Now all of those are pretty good, we? but it's also Dario Fo's birthday. The, the, the uh, Italian uh, surrealist author, writer, comedian. Oh, okay. He wrote. Um, Pass me by. A, a, a accidental death of an anarchist. Can't oh, pay, won't pay. When I was oh, when I was a teenager, the posters for can't pay, won't pay were everywhere. Uh, Dario Fo, and he also did trumpets and raspberries. Which, why that's not the name of the show, I don't know. But uh, he did trumpets and raspberries. But his name, I thought I'd look up what his name was, and his name was Dario Fo. F-O. Oh, his how name, lovely! He didn't die too long ago, but his son outlives him, and his son is called Jacopo Fo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jacopo. That is a determined surrealist. Oh. Jacopo, not Jacomo, Jacopo Foe. Mr. and Mrs. Foe, given of a son, called him Jacopo. Jacopo Foe. It's, and we can't let this pass. A lot of times on this, uh, it, they're no fun if you make these things up, like Butterbeards and Ibsen's last words after his nurse said he's better today, shouting, on the contrary, and dying. Uh, all this is true. And today, in 1973, Lou Reed was holding a concert in Longbush, New York, and it was held up after a member of the audience got on stage and bit him in the buttocks. What? Bit him in the buttocks. Uh, 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 Lou was pretty badly bitten in the buttocks. He got on, this member of the audience, shouted the word leather and sunk his teeth into, to be specific, Lou Reed's right cheek. Uh, he was ejected and Lou turned around and said, you know, people are just crazy. And But the audience was shocked and then started giggling, which did not, did not please Lou Reed 
at all. But if you don't think that's true, have a look up. 1973, Lou Reed Bitten. And that's not even commemorated with a stamp. Without this show, that is allowed to go away in the mists of time, like the last series of Big Brother. Lou Reed got bitten, bitten on the rump by a, a, a crazed member of his... Badly bitten on the rump. Oh, no wonder he didn't find it funny. No, sweaty old Lou Reed's metal machine rump was perforated by some bloke's dentures. Uh, what have you got over there, Peps? <laughs> well, um, you put out the topics on Twitter, and one of ours was notable jobs that grandparent has had, and Mike McCartney got in touch. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And Mike, of course, who may as well have been christened brother of Paul. Yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Mike. I yeah, know. I think he's used to it by now. Granddad Joe worked at Cope's Tobacco Factory in Liverpool, sorting the leaves out, and lots would float onto the floor and in some into his turnips. When he was home, he would empty the leaves onto the Liverpool Echo, roll them up and smoke them. <laughs> now, this that... is like your mum with her chocolate shoes. We, didn't we do... Uh, yes, exactly, when I was to smell who's used to work in a chocolate factory. Did we do as a subject? Yes, we did. Benefits of your parents' job. Mm. Now, when he says they fell into his turnip... <laughs> You know, the tur- he probably had to reach right out from his bench to actually get them in there. But uh, oh, that is a tremendous bonus. Lovely uh, tremendous bonus. bonus. And th- all our subjects remain open. Um, I often post a link to all our shows. I hope, you know, they're of a pretty good, consistent quality. Number five was no good. Uh, a couple of weeks ago was no good. But we do what we can. We do what we can in these trying times. What else are people doing? Well, we also, we were talking about... Um... One of the subjects is where you were and momentous things happened, or you heard momentous when you heard, things. Yes, I've got quite a few of those. Got, you got woken um, by your dad to watch the moon landing, was it? Or yes, so the moon like landing. That, uh, he, he told me Mark Bolan had died by just saying, who's that bloke you liked? <laughs> he, he did. I was in bed. I don't know how I tell this. I was in bed. Uh, I, I adored Mark Bolan. Absolutely mm. adored Mark Bolan. I, I met Mark Bolan. I wore his shirt. That's another story for another time. Old man brought me in an egg sandwich cup of tea, up past ten. On that dread day, I was asleep. Come on, don't lay in bed all day. Oh, cup of tea, egg sandwich, get up. And I turned it, oi, as he's leaving, who's that one you like? The, the, the weirdo. That didn't narrow it down. Hey, <laughs> eh? what? The one with the stars on his face. The one with uh, him. They used to have on the pole. I said, oh, um, Mark Bonin, yeah, dead, gone. That's how I found out. And Mark Bolan was like, dead, gone. And as he closed the door and descended the stairs, uh, I heard him saying, planted. <laughs> he shouted over his shoulder, planted. Now, it's a tragedy, of course. And it was Mark's uh, anniversary of his last tour the other day. But that's how I found that out. Uh, uh, what, what people said that well, uh, Somewhat less or sp- less uh, <laughs> That's how I found out. Momentous news. Alison. I was changing a double duvet when I heard that John Major and Edwina Curry had had an affair. That's perfect. That is perfect. That's exactly what we need. Stuck in her head. <laughs> when I've done this before, someone done, uh, done this before, I, we got, uh, it used to be faxes in them days. That's how long ago it was. And somebody started off by saying, like a lot of people, I guess we all remember where we were when Eric Estrada off Chips had his bicycle accident. (laughs) (laughs) No, mate. No. I remember uh, when Youth of Joyce died. I was with some friends at a cafe in Spain. 
And I forgive me for the Manuel-like uh, impression, but it really did sound like Manuel. And we ordered um, uh, some hamburgers first thing in the morning because we hadn't... Anyway, we ordered these hamburgers. Uh, we hadn't seen the kind of hamburgers they do in it. They weren't mm. We thought it was delicious. We had a breakfast. And the fellow came out with their orange juice and possibly beers, anyway, but, uh, to me and my mates. And he said, it's first thing in the morning, he went, are you English? So we said, yes. He went, um, uh, Mildred, she's dead. <laughs> That's, that's how we found out the dear youth of Joyce had passed. He said, Mildred, she's dead. <laughs> and somehow, though, we got ourselves together and continued with the day, which is what Brian oh. Murphy would have wanted. <laughs> Mildred, she's dead. Any of those you've got, please let us know. Uh, what else, Peps? Well, uh, we also asked... Um, what you believed about animals as a child. Oh, yes. What you, as a child, what you believed about animals. And um, this Robert, I stood up proudly in school and told everybody that donkeys were baby horses. Not true. Well, there's something in that. Isn't there something in that? No. There's nothing in that. No. I know um, a mule is the marriage of a donkey. What's the marriage? The, um, the, <laughs> meeting, the meeting of a horse and a donkey. That's how you get a mule. Yes. And all mules are uh, uh, barren and they, they cannot produce children themselves. Every mule is bereft. What's the word I'm looking for? Barren. That's that kind yes. of thing. Yeah, they, they, they can't have kids. Every mule can't have kids. Did you used to think? We we'll start the show properly in mm-hmm. second, by the way. Uh, did you used to think that tigers were female lions or that hippos were female rhinoceroses? When I was a kid, I did. That that was it. No, the hippo being female, tigers were female lions. I, uh, I'm not trying to be controversial. I really thought that there was loads of them that I thought were like dolphins were female sharks. Oh, that yes, I can. Yeah, I can. I can, I can go along with that one. Any, any you've got of those, please. But you know, we're going to try and get through this nuclear winter together. Perhaps any others? Uh, Terry, my brother told me whippets ate children. I crossed the road <laughs> for years if I saw one until in my twenties, <laughs> and suddenly one day thought. Hang on, that can't be right. <laughs> Whippets eat kids. Yes. Any of these would have been great titles for this show. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, from Roz. Hey, Roz, thank you. She said, uh, uh, when we were on our honeymoon, driving between Bournemouth and Christchurch, we put on the radio, and the first thing we heard was a solemn, the king is dead. King? We put the king? And the commentator said, Elvis Presley died last night. Oh, yeah. But they started with the king is dead, and now all they can do is kind of smoke. We thought it was actually an old news broadcast suddenly got out. <laughs> Edward had gone again. But she, that's what she when knows was, where she was. When you were saying about um, being woken up by your dad, it, it, it was like you were talking about... Someone else had said something. It was something very notable. But my dad woke my brother up to come watch um, Dennis Taylor's perfect... Did he? 180 or whatever it is. That's true. Yeah, yeah, 147. Yeah, 147, yeah. Wow. When he won, it was, it was, it was huge, wasn't it? That's a good yeah. thing. Yeah, he woke my brother up and brought him downstairs to watch him win the world title. It's not quite a rocket. Sonny's one of the funniest people I know and smart as a whip, even though I refer to him as my deadbeat son, who I have to haul out of jazz clubs. Uh, I did that when I was in the jungle. Uh, and uh, they had the family lined up to say hello. Oh. And uh, and we had agreed in advance we're not gonna. No, like, how are you? Yeah. Miss you? We don't do that. Uh, the question that they never got round to asking because they turfed us out very early. You know, you get letters from home. 
uh, and Sonny, on behalf of Wendy, said, oh, I can't do one of them. Oh, all oh, proud of you. I said, I don't do it then. She went, what can I do? Sonny wrote a letter saying, uh, and I'd been away for like three weeks and never got a chance to read it out uh, when they say, you'll have to read the jump. Yeah. His one, around the campfire, was going to be, Dad, Mum can't find the keys to the shed. <laughs> oh, they're not in the drawer out in the hall. Do you know where they might be? And we never got a chance to read that on the air. Never got a chance to do it. But uh, one time they did patch in with the family back home and I said, well, you're all there. Even my deadbeat son, who's obviously been hauled out of a jazz club, you know, they let us say, what a horrible thing to say. Oh. <laughs> but Sonny absolutely thought, yeah, that, that, that is exactly... He loves me. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Also from something else. Mel Gedroich is quilting. Listen to Mel and good friend Andy Bush as they learn a great new skill and tell some brilliant stories, all whilst having some good, wholesome fun. In a nutshell, I took a pair of scissors and I went into my husband's wardrobe. Now, this comes from a shirt that I bought him that I know he doesn't like. So I'm testing him by... Uh, uh, This is brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, by finding out when he discovers that the shirt has got a big patch out of the back of it. Wow, and which area of the shirt is this taken from? Bottom right. Okay. (laughs) Listen now in Apple Podcasts. Spotify and all good podcast apps. Saying Elspeth. This is Gail getting uh, locked in or locked out. This took me back 30 odd years to the mid 80s when I was about eight years old. These were the days when parents would let the kids walk to school and back on their own. I made my way home as usual and sometimes mum would be out but not far behind. This wasn't a problem. I'd let myself in by putting my arm through the letterbox and reaching for the handle. (laughs) Hey, presto. (laughs) This time mum was out but no problem. In goes the hand and arm and I open the door. However, it had been a while since I'd last done this and I had grown and yes, my arm was stuck in the letterbox. Here I am, kneeling on the floor because the letterbox was halfway up the door, trying not to panic. Give my arm a pull. Nothing. Every tug is now making me panic and tears are brimming in my eyes. I knew I should be calm to try and get my arm out and took a few deep breaths, at which point my next-door neighbour strolled past. Are you okay? she asked. Feeling very embarrassed, I put on a brave face and said, Everything's fine. (laughs) She said, Okay, in a slightly unsure voice and carried on. What must she have thought? Anyway, now the panic started to build again, but adrenaline running through my body gave me strength to give a big tug and out came my arm. The relief was palpable. I shut the door behind me and in come my mum and little sister a few minutes later, just none the wiser to what had happened. And that, my friends, was the last time I broke into my own Own house. house. We used to break into our own house all the time. You had to. Our kitchen window, you know, which was on the landing, even though we were on the ground floor, uh, was always open. Uh, It was always open. Uh, And it was, you know, for insurance purposes, you know, we could not declare that. But if you never... (laughs) uh, There was only two keys in our house. My mum had one, my dad had one. The rest, including my sister, would uh, climb through the kitchen window. Always. I mean, the idea of having a key on a piece of string for a letterbox, that was pretty uh, uh, common as well. Mm. Uh, So common, in fact, that anyone could have got burgled at any time. But our kitchen window was always open until... 
now I think of it, we had a proper old butler sink, even though the flats were built in 57. Uh, a great big chunk was missing out of it. Went missing out of the... Out of a butler sink? Out of a porcelain butler sink. Bang. And my mum, quite rightly, was livid. And one of the great mysteries of our family, and by the way, if you want to do one of the great mysteries of your family, let us know. Ooh, Every yes. family has a mystery. Uh, was the butler sink thing. My sister didn't do it. Uh, my brother, who I was older than me, I said, because I got the blame for it, because I was always getting in and out the window, because I was own boy, always getting in and out the window. You've taken what you just own up to. You've taken a lump out of my sink. I Mum, I ain't. It's the first I've seen of it. My lovely sink. You know, council sink. Uh, Mickey did it. And Mickey said, oh, even in private, I said, did you do it, Mick? No, I didn't. And it's only when I just said, and I promise you this, my sister didn't do it. How do I know she didn't do it? <laughs> We're not the one is not the ones in, you know, uh, steel tips, stilettos getting in. Well, most of the time. But uh, uh, Sharon, if you did that, please, that may be a, a mystery solve it. Well, actually, me old man probably come home three parts <laughs> more I think about my mum herself. <gasps> Putting on a front. Who this better is like than you and who? I. Not our little Sanyo. Exactly. Who better than Poirot himself? Oh. Well, okay. This is it. That's, that's made me think now. The two boys always get the heat. Oh, yeah. The, 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 the light now shines. Great joy of a little sister. Always put the heat on the big she was brothers. The old, Sharon was, was the eldest and no way a little sister. <laughs> uh, this is terrific, this. This is wonderful. Uh, you can mix up any music you want behind this. This is from Matt in Bradford. Uh, and this is under the subject of a few weeks back. We couldn't turn it off. Oh, All these remain open, as I say. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you can look on various... Uh, uh, we've got a home site or something like that, haven't we? And it's got all the shows there. There's 28, and I hope there's another 1,000 to come. Uh, this is on the subject of it couldn't be turned off, as I say. It comes from our great correspondent, uh, Matt. Listen to this, everyone. In my first proper post-university job, I worked for a company that made surgical implants. The production areas were clean rooms, and to get in was a matter of getting changed into two sets of overalls, washing every part of your body, putting on a hood, visor, mask, and two pairs of gloves. Torn from today's headlines. Could not be more topical. Those people who say this is just irresponsible frost have no idea. What a band they were, by the way. Irresponsible frost. You ever see them? I saw them support Tangerine Dream. Blew them off the stage, which is apposite given what's coming up. This is indeed how you had to keep clean in a clean room. Clean rooms have to be kept clean. Well, it's my job to perform the environmental monitoring, which entails taking agar plates into the area and leaving them exposed for an hour before collecting them up. Agar plates, is that a Petri dish? Agar yeah, plate? agar was that sort of jelly sort what of stuff. What happened to Petri? What happened to Petri? There's another family mystery. Poor old Petri. Contract runs out. You're down the road bringing Agar. Anyway, but we'll take our correspondence <laughs> word for that's how it works. I liked old Petri. I feel sorry for old Petri now. Uh, anyway, so he, his job was to take the Agar plates in and leave them exposed for an hour in this room before collecting them up. We've been having a few rogue readings of late, so at Christmas, once the room had been deep cleaned and sealed up, the engineer and I had a bright idea that the contamination might be coming in from the compressed air system that ran the packing machine. We donned our protective clothing and entered the pristine room two hours before the plant was due to shut for Christmas. Yes, we got knock off early at Christmas as well. 
We tested the emergency stop on the machine a couple of times to work out the best place to take some samples from, and we figured out that if we removed the silencers from the dump valves, we'd get a nice steady stream of air to test. We roped in a plucky assistant to press the emergency stop button while we crouched under the machine with agar plates in hand. (laughs) When I say now, press the emergency button, turn it off. Now, I call. The next few seconds can only be described as being like one of those videos you see of nuclear tests in the desert. There was a blinding flash, a blast of air rushing, I'm not joking, at about a thousand miles an hour, and a cacophonous, ear-splitting hiss. I was knocked right onto my backside, and after a few seconds, I came to. I was looking at my hands, only to see tattered gloves and small shards of plastic lodged in my palm. It was like those cartoons where somebody blows up and their shirt is left in tatters. I looked over at the engineer who was just staring at me with a blank face, mouth wide open. He, too, no longer had anything in his hands, simply shredded gloves. At this moment, the world started to move in real time again and we realised what we'd done. By removing the silencers, we'd essentially taken the safety valves off the compressed air system. When the operator had hit the emergency stop, the whole system had dumped instantly through the four outlets like a bomb. It had shattered the plates we were holding, shredding our gloves and some cases clothing and eyesight. We looked round to find that the agar, used for growing bacteria, had been virtually vaporised and was now clinging to every single surface in the clean room. Needless to say, Christmas did not come early for some that year. How about that, Matt in Bradford? How about that? Kaboom. Boom, boom. Out go the lights in a clean room. Off go your clothes. But the idea you just say... Let's mess around with the uh, air conditioning. Why don't we turn off all the safety valves and then hold these... And then just hover with the... Hover with these dishes. It'll it'll gently puff some air out and we'll see the spores grow. Dear old Petri, what happened to Petri? That was, apropos the last show, and I try to keep a common thread going, uh, that was Dick Van Dyke's character name in the Dick Van Dyke. His name was Rob Petri. No. Yes, it was. Hang on, I feel good about that. Wow. Rob Petri, there's the. See, people think these shows are just in, independent of each other. Rob Petri was the name of Dick Van Dyke characters, character that replaced the original uh, character in it, of course, was uh, 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 the, the original character. Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner, thank you very much. Carl Reiner, Rob Petri, Petri Dish, uh, into Agar Place, into our correspondent. Small world after all. Should we finish there then? Um, we, oh, I, forgot, I forgot to say there's an advert in the show. I think there's already been an advert yeah. in the show. It's all very... We're like that fella there. We're, every time we finish these shows, we have to clean the room twice, don two suits, because <laughs> some of the material is highly suspect. Uh, what you got there, Pet? <laughs> OK, this is Craig in Leeds. I think this was, Did we ask about splinters or something? Oh, a long time. Yes, we, we, we said we raised awareness on various issues. Yeah. Cramp. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the other one was uh, uh, insomnia, I think. I don't know. Stitch. A stitch. Yes, yeah. it cramp, yeah. stitch, and splinters. Oh, chillblains and chillblains. Yeah. The four last taboos. Craig's come in with splinters. Mm-hmm. A few years ago, my missus and I were doing a bit of outdoor titivating. She was up a ladder, and I was building some garden furniture. Mm-hmm. I was propping things up against an old wooden park bench in our garden. Brushing up against it, I was impaled by a sizable splinter. I shouted up to my missus and told me to man up and get rid of it myself. The splinter was fully in my leg, an inch and a half long. Ooh. And trying to grab it only moved it further in. We were going to go and watch our son play a gig with his band and I was still complaining. Put a plaster on it, says she. 
following morning. It could be moved with a finger and the area was red and angry. Ooh. Long story short, we ended up at A&E. We eventually got a pro to remove it who washed it and gave it back to me in a sample jar. Oh, I'd like that. For months, I would bring it out to prove the lack of wifely concern for my injuries and I still have a scar on my car. Some people do keep um, numbs of bone mm. and things that have been removed. I, I wouldn't, no, and gallstones and stuff. Do they still give you gallstones? I, I don't know, but I did... Ooh, I did find the other day in a clear-up the end of my son's umbilical cord. Oh, at least you didn't make a stew from it. No, it was one of those... Oh. What is... Oh, 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 how... Oh, OK, hmm. Now that's... I think, yes, that's gone. You see... I, 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 there was no sentimentality about that. We can, we can was... do this as a future subject, oh. and... Uh, um, but oh. uh, I've done... Uh, uh, Boring looking things have extraordinary stories. Mm-hmm. And some, uh, a member of fella saying on his desk he has a paperweight, lump this little, little stone on his desk. And uh, this is one that shows good enough to call in. And everyone, you know, he, he probably nudges them towards it because he'll take theatrically start taking papers and replacing it. What is that? And he says, that's a piece of the moon. No, it isn't. And it really, really is a piece of the moon. It really is. I mean, you know, we heard last time about the world's most expensive tooth, Isaac Newton's tooth. Uh, I would certainly leave that there, cough, and point to it. <coughs> what are you pointing to that for? That, my friend, is the most expensive tooth in the world. So... Yeah, with a bit of moon rock. They didn't that much back, did they? Yeah, apparently. apparently it's is this like, like the Berlin Wall? No, it, when it, everyone it's had worse. It's like Blackpool Rock. It can, no, it isn't, but it's not quite as quarantined and, and, oh. and odd as you think. When you go to the Science Museum, they act like that's the only one in the world. No, it's not. No, no. It, it was doing so Massive well. Thing it, the size of your house it, with a it, tiny bit in the It middle. was doing so well they decided to roll it out as a franchise. <laughs> now, uh, lots of people have got it. But anyone who's got something on their desk that they can say, you know what that is? I, I would love Ooh. to hear from you. And, and perhaps next time again, I'll tell the story of me and Danny Kelly in the Nuremberg Stadium <laughs> and how bad vibes can <laughs> indeed. Ju-ju. I know that is. Well, <laughs> perhaps in these times, it's not an upbeat story. Thank you so much for the emails we keep receiving. It is uh, the treehouse at something else.com. Uh, the subjects I put out on my Twitter, there's a Twitter feed for the show. Uh, but I think that will do us for now. They're shorter than usual, uh, but maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, and we're going to try and, we're not going to try, we are going to, you know, keep doing this one way and the other and I can't thank you enough and you have to like it apparently yes please because if you like it and I know I, I shrink from this you know I do because <laughs> I may as well get a skateboard out and skinny jeans but if you <laughs> like it, it it becomes more visible yeah and then other people see it and all we want to don't deny other people it you know don't don't hold the treehouse we can see you with your trolley going towards the exit with all 29 or 30 <laughs> shows let other people have a look in the old Shouldn't the old be able to entertain as well? <laughs> They're doing the entertaining, I can tell you that. So thank you very much, of course, uh, to Louise Pepper there. Ollie, who sits over there, uh, you know, providing laughs like that fellow used to do to Huey Green. <laughs> um, remember Uncle Bob Sharples? Uncle, you probably don't. Oh, no, I do not. Uncle Bob Sharples was the producer of Opportunity Knox, and on the very mild material that Huey Green used to say, you know, joke at the top, he was, Uncle Bob would sit there going, ah, Ollie, you don't quite do that, but it was edging towards it sometimes. <laughs> We're not a zoo. Anyway, thank you for something else for keeping us on the air. But as always, chiefly yourselves. Those subjects that Peps did at the end of the last one, should we do yeah. them again? Yeah. Okay, so. 
Next time on The Treehouse. Were you ever given lines at school? What have your pets found? Other uses for clothing? And the first thing your partner ever said to you? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 